Vaccination explanation. It will be the most complex and comprehensive immunization program ever delivered in BC. New details about the BC rollout. We consider this a no-fail mission and we're going to get it done. Who gets it first and who won't get it at all? A couple die of COVID hours apart. I was holding his hand and we were saying our prayers. The love story that only ended because of the pandemic. And copycat monoliths. I wasn't expecting to see this on my morning walk. Solving the mystery of Metro Vancouver's new shiny sculptures. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. BC unveiled its COVID-19 vaccination rollout plan today. We'll have more on who is first in line in just a moment. First, we'll give you a check of the latest numbers. We have 619 new cases today, bringing our total to 39,337. Sadly, we've once again had 16 deaths, which means 559 people have now died from complications of the virus in B.C. 338 are in hospital, 75 patients in the ICU. 28,448 are considered recovered, leaving us with 9,329 active cases and 11,526 people in self-isolation. Now, the first batch of Pfizer's COVID vaccine is expected to arrive in B.C. early next week. And tonight, we're learning both the details of how that vaccine and others will be distributed. Richard Zussman has more on the timeline and when you'll finally be able to roll up your sleeve. A happy dance from Dr. Bonnie Henry to celebrate the news many have been waiting for. The COVID-19 vaccine is on its way. There is light ahead. And that light is shining a little brighter today. And I think we can all be thankful for that. The Pfizer vaccine set to arrive here next week. Distribution will start immediately. First to get the shot will be frontline health workers, including those in long-term care, intensive care, emergency rooms and COVID hospitals. There will be nearly 4,000 doses in the first shipment. One shipment set for Fraser Health, the other for Coastal. But because the Pfizer vaccine has to be stored at minus 70, workers will have to show up at a set location to get the shot. We also are receiving very small doses to start with to make sure that the supply system and the whole mechanism and logistics of how it works can be done and can be done safely. We consider this a no-fail mission and we're going to get it done. The next group will be long-term care residents, then seniors over the age of 80, and then those with high-risk living conditions, from shelters to homeless people to those in remote Indigenous communities. The goal is to have all these groups vaccinated by the end of March for a total of 400,000 people. Our priority, as I mentioned, is to save lives. And we know that the lives that are being taken and affected most right now our seniors and elders in long-term care and assisted living. In addition, we need to protect our strained health care system so that all of us can get the care we need. The challenge now is actually getting the vaccine into long-term care homes like this one. The Moderna vaccine is expected to come to BC, but it's not yet approved. It's actually easier to move around. So the province is seeking clarity on how to move the Pfizer vaccine. We expect that it, it will be able to be broken down and transported in limited ways, um, perhaps in the next couple of weeks, but uh, we believe at least by the first week of January. The hope is then to have a different vaccine also available by late March and more likely April. That will allow immunizations for other frontline workers, paramedics, firefighters, police, teachers, grocery store workers. And then it will be broken down by age, starting with people age 75 and above. I know many people will be eager to get their vaccine as soon as possible. And like me, have probably been waiting since this pandemic was first declared. I ask you to please be patient. The vaccine, the hope many have been waiting for even though many of us will still have to wait to get to the end of that tunnel. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. And Keith Baldry joins us now with more on the vaccine rollout. Keith, the parents might be surprised to know that children are not going to be eligible for this vaccine, at least not in the first phase here. Explain why and who else won't be getting it right away. 
Yeah, it's significant. This is going to look like a, a, an immunization program like no other. We, we generally associate our children with getting immunization. That's not going to happen this, uh, this go around, and neither with a couple other groups of people. Take a look at the exemptions here. Immunocompromised people will not be getting this. Neither will children under 16. Neither will pregnant women. The reason why kids aren't getting it right now, they weren't part of the clinical trials for Pfizer in terms of being able to get enough research to whether or not the children could be safe with this. So a, we're going to err on the side of caution. Dr. Bonnie Henry making that point at today's briefing. These first vaccines are not recommended and haven't been tested in children under the age of 16, so that's important, thankfully. And we know that children are less likely to have um, COVID or to have serious effects from COVID. They are not approved for use in, in people who are pregnant, and that's important because we don't yet know their safety in that population. Now, Dr. Henry made the point today several times that uh, we're really at the beginning of an unknown journey. We've never been down this road before. So there will be changes. There will be hiccups, as she says it. The science will change. And that, as the science changes, as we get more evidence of what this virus uh, does when the, the vaccine arrives and what the vaccine does in terms of having an impact on people, the rules on who gets it and who doesn't could change as we go along with this. So in the United uh, Kingdom, for example, two people had allergic reactions, very severe allergic reactions to the vaccine. The advice there now is if you have ever had an anaphylaxis reaction, don't get the vaccine. But already that's being questioned in the UK by other scientists. So the science is going to change and so are the rules as we go along. Exactly. And what happened in the UK is a big part of our coverage tonight as well. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much, Keith. Well, yes, just as Health Canada approved the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine today, questions have been raised about its safety after a warning about the UK, or warning from the UK rather, for people with allergies. Ted Chernecki takes a closer look at the first vaccine, including the major BC connection. If this Pfizer COVID vaccine lives up to the science, it'll be history in the making. No one would have thought, I think, you know, even when we looked back um, at the first discovery of the of the virus that um, less than a year later we'd be authorizing and then distributing a vaccine. So I think it's just a testament to the decades of science and technology and research that's gone into the development of that vaccine. It usually takes years to get a vaccine approved. And even though two patients have developed an allergic reaction to the vaccine in the UK, no one seems overly concerned about it. Staff at Acuitas Therapeutics on the UBC campus say they're thrilled with Health Canada's approval of a vaccine that they had a major role in developing. The company's president pointing out that none of the 44,000 clinical trial participants purposely had any history of allergic reactions to vaccines. It's not surprising uh, with, a, with a new vaccine that there are some individuals who with this prior history uh, will experience a reaction. Um, but as I say, I think for the general population, the safety and effectiveness have been well established. Health Canada says after getting your first of two doses of the vaccine, a small percent of you might feel some discomfort like a mild fever, fatigue or headaches. The fatigue might be more pronounced after the second dose. So it was 2.8% uh, of the population for people over the age of 55 and 4.6% of all serious adverse events for people under the age of 55. So relatively low. Administering the vaccine will be tricky. Once out of its super frozen state, each file needs 30 minutes to thaw. Then it's mixed with a solution for injection. Six hours after coming out of the freezer, the vaccine is useless. Health Canada says it can be done, but monitoring the deployment is key. So I'd say to Canadians, you know, we've authorized it. Um, if it is their turn to get the vaccine, they absolutely should feel comfortable getting that. But we still do need to continue to monitor it as we would any product. And there are several other vaccine products nearing the approval stage, which is why there isn't much time to celebrate. But I think in a year where we haven't had a lot of good news, um, this is a bit of good news. And I think we should take a, a moment to, uh, to acknowledge that. And then uh, we're all going to get back to work. Ted Chernecki, Global News. BC's health minister has repeatedly stated COVID-19 vaccination will not be made mandatory by the government. But many business operators and employees are wondering if companies have the power to require staff to get the shot. And Grace Key has one take from an employment lawyer. 
for businesses, the promise of a vaccine provides the opportunity to finally get back to normal and recover profits. As businesses struggle to maintain safe work environments, we asked one lawyer if employers can force workers to get vaccinated. No, they can't. So, I mean, you're going to have employers that are likely going to strongly encourage it. You might even have some employers that are going to be requesting it. But an employer, no matter what industry, no matter what they do, they cannot mandate it. So if an employer can't make you get vaccinated, can they fire you if they strongly encourage vaccinations? That gets a little trickier. Technically, yes, in the sense that you can be fired for any reason. The only time that a reason for a termination becomes legally relevant is if you are terminating on the basis of a discriminatory ground. So if you are exempt Um, and I'm using that term loosely, from getting a vaccine for religious reasons or medical reasons, then technically, no, that employee cannot be fired. But an employer still has an obligation to keep the workplace safe and healthy. What you might want to do is continue to take all of the same measures that you're taking right now in terms of physical distancing and mask wearing. Um, and, you know, or if you can, asking that employee to work from home. As for the government, at the federal and provincial levels, both have said the vaccine will be voluntary. Grace Key, Global News. Five mink on a farm in the Fraser Valley have tested positive for COVID-19. The farm has been placed under a quarantine order. The results were gathered after eight workers on the farm tested positive for the novel coronavirus over the weekend. On Monday, Dr. Bonnie Henry said she was worried about the spread of the virus at a mink farm and says other jurisdictions have seen mutations of the virus through minks. Officials here do not believe a cull is necessary at this point, though. There have been many stories of family tragedy throughout this pandemic, but none more heartbreaking than a Burnaby family losing the mother and father to COVID-19 on the same day. As Sarah McDonald reports, they want everyone to know the virus is something to be taken seriously. You can see how beautiful my mom was. In their nearly 70 years of marriage, Hasnali and Shal Sultan Remtula were inseparable. There's not a moment I've seen them not going together. It was a true love, like a true soulmate's true love. So to their adult children, it was devastating, but not exactly surprising. The pair died within hours of each other on Sunday, both in separate hospitals, both having somehow contracted COVID-19. I could not bear it. I was totally blank, like I don't know what to do. First, Al-Karim Remtula's mother passed. Her heart failed. It was like a heartbreaking. It also felt like she actually was with me, telling that I'm also going to take my dad, your dad with me. And then his father, less than two hours later, having never learned his wife was gone, but his children think he somehow knew. I started saying my prayers and within 10 minutes they passed away. Their deaths marking a sad and sudden ending to a remarkable love story spanning seven decades and two continents. The Remtulas still well-known and highly respected in Zanzibar and Tanzania for dedicating their lives to public and community service, a legacy that continued in Canada. He was more interested that the family should be here. He was always telling me that if you want to see heaven, that's heaven. With both his parents abruptly gone, their eldest son now feels it's his duty to share their story and a warning that bears repeating. Please, please protect yourself. Protect your your elders are the most precious thing. His may no longer be here, but his wishes in death, his parents might save lives. His message? Wear a mask and do everything in your power to protect the most vulnerable among us. I'm going through a hard time, but... In the same time, I feel like I'm so blessed that I was there with them till to the last breath. And I'm so blessed to have parents like that. We had the best mom and dad. Sarah McDonald, Global News. The police budget battle at Vancouver City Hall with council voting to hold the line on spending. Reaction from residents and from police brass who say the city stands to lose out. That's in just over a minute. Marine biologists were hoping to solve the mystery off the coast of Mexico when they discovered a whale they had never seen or heard before. That's coming up on the News Hour. And it's the rocket that's supposed to take astronauts to Mars. And it all worked so well until it didn't. That's later. <laughs> until then, the war of words continues over the budget for the Vancouver Police Department. 
both the police chief and the police board saying city council's decision to freeze the budget is actually a funding cut that will compromise the safety of Vancouver residents. Nadia Stewart reports. When it comes to municipal budgets, there are always winners and losers, though in the wake of COVID-19, it seems no one came out ahead. Council voting to maintain or slightly decrease funding for most city departments, including the Vancouver police, who say they're disappointed they will not be getting as much as initially asked for. You know, the initial report that came from the staff is that if we accommodated everything, we would have had to entertain a 12% property tax increase, which is just unacceptable. The VPD were hoping for $346.6 million, instead receiving just under $341 million, the same amount as 2020. Chief Adam Palmer not happy about that, calling it a cut. There's a lot of people that um, are armchair quarterback experts, but the reality is we know more about policing the city than anybody and we know what it requires to provide public safety to this city. Palmer says the 5.7 million difference means 61 fewer VPD recruits next year. I believe it was a missed opportunity for city councillors and mayor to actually heed what they're hearing from citizens of Vancouver. Pivot Legal Society's Menakshi Mano says since the freeze was not a response to this year's growing calls to defund the police, they feel City Hall still is not responding to what residents say they need and want right now, including peer-led services, access to housing and crisis response. It means people are getting access to health care, but also access to safe supply, access to emergency mental health services that don't come with someone knocking on your door as an armed officer. A motion from Councillor Jean Swanson to, in fact, cut the amount allocated to police failed to pass, leaving Minot wondering whether funding levels could increase once the pandemic is more of a memory than a reality. Nadia Stork, Global News. The family of a missing man is making a plea for help from the public this uh, today. 21-year-old Jamal Retta went missing under suspicious circumstances exactly one year ago today. He was last seen in the area of Edinburgh Street in New Westminster. He's about five foot six with a slim build, short black hair, and a cross tattoo on his chest. An iHit spokesperson read the appeal on behalf of the family. In December 2019, Jamal went missing. I don't know where he is, and we have looked everywhere for him. I love my son. I miss my son. Jamal's mother and brother think of him every day. Anyone that knows where Jamal is needs to help us. Please report any information to police so we can find him. Jamel was last seen in this image from a surveillance video getting into a minivan. He was wearing a black Hugo Boss hoodie, dark pants, and a white belt. Coming up on the front lines as Indian farmers fight for their livelihoods. Some of them have literally made the statements we've written to our families. If we don't come back, remember, we fought. A lawyer and photographer who's seen the struggle firsthand. And the $170 million plan to free salmon stuck behind that landslide on the Fraser River. Traffic is steady in both directions over here at the Patello Bridge this evening. Just seeing some minor delays on that Columbia Street on route to head south. Today's Lotto 649 jackpot is an estimated $18 million plus an additional guaranteed $1 million prize. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Patello Bridge. Clashes continue in India between farmers and police over new legislation farmers claim will threaten their livelihoods. And tonight we're getting a deeper understanding of the historic uprising. A lawyer and photographer with a BC connection is on the ground there documenting what she's seeing. Neetu Garcha spoke to her about what she's capturing through her lens and how her family members here in BC feel about her work. With long-standing links to land and cultivation, these Okanagan farmers are watching the protests in India with heartbreak and concern over the fate of their family and friends on the front lines. Because they're sleeping on the street right now. Jadvinder Nijar is in regular contact with his niece who lives near Delhi. Never know what's happening next, but she's doing hard work right now. Navneet Chahal is a lawyer by profession and a photographer by passion. This is something that you all should see. She's been joining the farmers daily, documenting how thousands of them remain camped on the borders of the nation's capital after covering nearly 370 kilometers in less than two days to get there two weeks ago. Here's everybody sleeping here. 
in the petrol pumps. Jahal says seva, which means selfless service, is a key pillar of Punjabi culture. And the farmers she spoke with are staying true to that standard, even offering food to the officers who they say hurt them. Even if you're doing your duty, we're doing your duty, we still don't hold things against you. So. Our, it is our duty to offer you because we offer food to everybody and that's what they're doing. India has one of the highest rates of farmer suicides in the world, often driven by debt. The decades-long problem has hit a boiling point. The recently passed agriculture laws are widely perceived by protesting farmers as unjust, eliminating what many consider their minimum wage. But the Indian government has argued the laws will improve farmers' incomes, giving them a wider market to sell to. The use of brute force by police using tear gas, barbed wire barricades and batons on peaceful protesters has drawn international condemnation, including from Canada's Prime Minister. It's sad. I'm ashamed of my situation. And there is no reason why they should be treated this way. With another round of talks with the government having failed to bring the standoff to an end on Wednesday, the farmers are threatening to intensify their protest with more national disruptions. Uh, some of them have literally made the statements, we've written to our families, if we don't come back, remember, we fought. Vowing to hold their ground until the laws are revoked, no matter the price. Neetu Garcha, Global News. The federal government has awarded a contract for the installation of a permanent fishway at the Big Bar landslide site. The Minister of Fisheries, Oceans and the Canadian Coast Guard announced this morning that Burnaby-based Kiwit has been awarded the $176 million contract. Progress was made by the company throughout last winter to build access to the work site, clear the area and construct a nature-like fishway. After analysis was done this past summer, it was determined a fishway is the only long-term solution solution. Crews are expected to begin work on it this winter with hopes of it being operational by the start of the 2022 Fraser salmon migration. Well, it was another big honor for our friend, veteran investigative reporter John Daly last night. In recognition of his numerous awards for journalism and nearly four decades of work at BCTV and Global, he was given the 2020 Bruce Hutchison Lifetime Achievement Award by the Jack Webster Foundation. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been, you know, an education. And, uh, you know, you work hard, you try and bring home the stories that the, uh, the average person wants to know and try and answer some of the very puzzling questions that still exist. And you can still listen to John every Saturday at 11 a.m. on CKNW on his radio show, Back on the Beat. Nice view he has there, too. Yeah. Very nice. What a great storyteller he is, too, and congratulations, John. Up next, a Vancouver Island store on the cutting edge of COVID prevention. It's exciting. How clean cart technology makes shopping in a pandemic a lot safer. Also, nature's wonders never cease. A new species of whale spotted off the coast of Mexico has UBC experts excited. Believe BC, featured on Global News Hour at 6, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC in partnership with Pacific Blue Cross, flexible small business health benefits for challenging times. Believe BC is brought to you by Pacific Blue Cross, flexible small business health benefits for challenging times. Well, two weeks after millions of Americans gathered for Thanksgiving against the advice of health experts, the consequences are now being felt across the country. COVID-19 cases are at their highest levels to date, and despite vaccines on the doorstep, they won't have an immediate impact on the ongoing crisis. Global's Reggie Cicchini has the latest. What's felt like a never-ending first wave is creating an intensive care crush. People are dying alone, and, and that is... I think one of the hardest things. But hope is on the horizon. This is the first glimmer of hope uh, in this long pandemic. With Canada approving the Pfizer vaccine on Wednesday, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration will likely greenlight it on Thursday. They need to take as much time as they need to feel comfortable. But time is short. On average, 2,000 Americans are dying every day. Internal documents from the White House show how bad the situation has become in the last three months. The entire country is in the danger zone, and the vaccine can't break that. There will be minimal impact 
on transmission itself because this is not just enough doses to uh, break transmission. In fact, the U.S. has only secured enough vaccine for 15% of the population. We have contracts with six vaccine manufacturers that add up to options to buy up to 3 billion doses of vaccine. That is still months away, putting states in the impossible situation of choosing who goes first. But it'll take a lot of work to make sure the vaccine gets to everyone who needs it as quickly as possible. Meanwhile, there's a secondary hurdle for this vaccine to clear outside of federal approval. The unfortunate name Operation Warp Speed um, has given uh, people pause and concern that these vaccines are being developed so fast that the safety considerations are not in place. There is skepticism. Politics played heavily into this process. Two-thirds of Americans, including some frontline workers, have a wait-and-see mentality. Making sure that healthcare workers understand the process is going to be critical. Trust isn't something that comes easily for a country that sacrificed so much and is being asked to hold on just a little longer. Reggie Cicchini, Global News, Washington. A piece of innovative COVID-19 technology has rolled into a Victoria grocery store. It's called the Clean Cart, and it uses far UV, uh, UV light to keep, to keep your shopping cart virus-free and clean. Kylie Stanton reports. These days, grabbing a cart and rolling into a grocery store comes with some level of risk. And so shoppers sanitize. You know, otherwise you don't know whether they're, they're cleaning them or not in between. But what if there was another option? It's uh, basically three steps. Something easy. Put the cart in. Something fast to clean the cart. It's exciting. Just six months ago, this innovative piece of COVID-19 technology was simply an idea. What's come to be known as the Pure Portal. Since the pandemic hit the world... Its creators, PCL Construction, partnered with Sterile Ray, using far UV light technology to deactivate the virus on the surfaces. It's 99.9% effective and is completely safe for human exposure. And it turns on. Quality Foods has rebranded it for its purposes and now has the first clean cart up and running in Canada. Approximately 300 people a day use this machine. The whole process only takes 20 seconds. Now that's just enough time to sanitize your hands and pretty much equivalent to grabbing a bunch of wipes and scrubbing down the handlebars. The difference is inside here, every inch of the cart is being cleaned. And for many shoppers, it's time well spent to have some peace of mind. You know for sure that it's clean before you come in when you've got this. Awesome. Great. According to a customer survey, the clean cart was given a 4.43 out of 5 rating for increasing the feeling of safety provided by Quality Foods. 100% of respondents said they appreciated being able to sanitize their own cart prior to entering the store. It's been a resounding yes, just out loud. Um, people have just been thrilled to be able to use it, and uh, it, it's nice to see. And while the technology may have been born out of the pandemic, there's no doubt it will continue to serve a purpose long after this is all over. Demand is already picking up. We have now ordered a unit for every single store. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. Up ahead, unraveling the mystery of the monoliths. So now I'm going, hey, there's one of those things. The copycats popping up, sparking comparisons to others around the world. And flawless takeoff, terrible touchdown. The setback for Elon Musk and his starship to Mars. Traffic is now steady for eastbound through the Burnaby Lake stretch on Highway 1 after clearing an earlier problem. It was a minor crash just past Kensington off to the right shoulder. Today's Lotto 649 jackpot is an estimated $18 million plus an additional guaranteed $1 million prize. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Exciting news for marine lovers. It appears a new species of whale has been discovered off the coast of Mexico. As Linda Aylesworth shows us, the whale is something researchers have never seen or heard before. During a 2018 expedition off the west coast of the Baja Peninsula, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, recorded an underwater noise that sounded something like this. There was one call that they heard that they didn't recognize. 
and they thought it might be a parent's beaked whale. It was a guess because no one had ever seen a living parent's beaked whale, and so they gave the sound a name, BW-43, and launched another expedition. We wanted to find the source of the BW-43 sound. We wanted to find parent's beaked whale. Last month, aboard a Sea Shepherd research vessel, NOAA scientist Jay Barlow set sail and soon had the most remarkable encounter of his long career. They surfaced very close to the boat, and then they came to us two, three times. They came back to the boat. With their pointed beak-like features, they were clearly beaked whales. But what kind? It became clear we didn't see parents' beaked whale. We saw something new something that doesn't match, either visually or acoustically, anything that's known to exist. That they eluded detection could be because beaked whales, of which there are 20 species, are elusive and can stay underwater for as long as four hours. One of the species, the, the deepest dive, has been recorded down to about 3,000 meters. That's three kilometers deep. Exactly what they discovered is still a mystery, for now. If our wishes come true, and if this truly is a new species of beaked whale, it will inspire future generations of scientists. It's, it's like searching for the last mastodon and then finding a unicorn instead. This is, this is fantastic. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Wow. Pretty cool. I'd like to be off the coast of Mexico right now. Wouldn't it be too? nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Although yeah. there was a little bit of sunshine in certain places today. Let's check in with Christy and a look at the forecast now. Christy? That's right. Today, compared to what we could get this time of year, we couldn't complain. Here's a quick look at a beautiful uh, video shot from the West Vancouver area from Peter Prevost. Yes, finally some sunshine today. Some cloud cover, certainly, but uh, that was a whole lot easier to handle compared to yesterday, where, by the way, unofficial reports reported 100 millimeters of rain. Kelvin Helmholtz waves reported again today. This is looking towards the Sunshine Coast. Michael Hack sending us that one. Thank you so much. Those are what the actual waves. Can you see in the in the cloud cover there? It's very odd that we see those or it's not very often that we do. And the sunset tonight was stunning. A slice of sunshine really uh, created a beautiful fire-like sunset in the Chilliwack region. All right, so the chance of rain is going to stay low for the next 24 hours. But tomorrow evening, it ramps up once again and it is going to stay at about a 60% chance throughout our day on Friday. And the freezing level is going to drop if you're planning on traveling Friday, which you should only be doing if necessary. Uh, expect snow on the mountain passes, certainly on Friday. Friday. In the meantime, this is your tomorrow, everyone. Really just coastal regions will get a taste of that moisture. This front is weakening and is not able to move on shore. It's trying and we'll certainly see some cloud cover tomorrow, but we are expecting to be dry and it's not until Friday or Thursday night and then into Friday that we'll start to see that moisture push in. So there's your Thursday, everyone. Again, temperatures are dropping. Freezing levels are dropping. So when that moisture pushes in on Friday, we are expecting snow on the mountain passes. But tomorrow will be a little cooler, but we are going to see mainly dry conditions. So you shouldn't need your rain jacket tomorrow, that's for sure. Not a lot of sunshine tomorrow, mainly cloudy. Friday showers. Saturday, we could see a bit of sunshine until late in the day when we start to see increasing cloud. And the next system rolls in Saturday night and I'll leave you with your central windows weather window another stunning shot this is today in Squamish thank you so much Ingrid for sharing that I'll have to ask my mom about it I <laughs> bet she was loving it okay thanks Christy early success and last second failure for SpaceX today the rocket company run by Elon Musk was testing its prototype starship designed to take a crew to Mars and it all started so well Well, the launch went fine, testing out the rocket and controls designed to take humans and 90 tons of cargo to the moon and eventually onto Mars. But then... Three, two, one, zero. Yeah, it's just... Pretend I didn't say all that. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not running the SpaceX space program. <laughs> yeah, no program. kidding. Clearly, this is the launch, and what I just showed you was the landing, which they didn't stick or they stuck in not a very good way. The rocket exploded as it touched down at a higher speed than expected. Elon seemed unfazed, tweeting they got all the data they needed. 
steady on to the moon and then Mars for that program. Amazing. But it is always something when you see a rocket explode, <laughs> isn't it? All right. Uh, here's Squire now with the uh, sad poinsettia. Oh, it's just out of camera view. That's good. Always zooming out. Like it looks like it needs some water. Like, you know, your poinsettias or poinsettias, as however you want to say them, look very alive. Well, maybe you need to take better care of your poinsettia. Well, it's not mine, actually, but you know what it needs? It needs. You have to take it out for a walk every day. And, and play music it to it and, and yeah. talk to it nicely. Exactly. And maybe put Linus's blanket around it. Isn't that how he saved Charlie Brown's Christmas tree? Uh, next year, the uh, Vancouver Canadians will be a high A-level team rather than a short-season rookie team. Every one of these kids can play. Every one of these kids has a serious chance to play at the big league level. You could say they're moving up in class, and they're also going to stay as an affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, a lot of fans will be happy to hear that. Also, monoliths pop up in Vancouver. Who's behind at least one of them later? Traffic is now steady for eastbound through the Burnaby Lake stretch on Highway 1 after clearing an earlier problem. It was a minor crash just past Kensington off to the right shoulder. Today's Lotto 649 jackpot is an estimated $18 million plus an additional guaranteed $1 million prize. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Exciting news for marine lovers. It appears a new species of whale has been discovered off the coast of Mexico. As Linda Aylesworth shows us, the whale is something researchers have never seen or heard before. During a 2018 expedition off the west coast of the Baja Peninsula, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, recorded an underwater noise that sounded something like this. There was one call that they heard that they didn't recognize, and they thought it might be a parent's beaked whale. It was a guess because no one had ever seen a living parent's beaked whale, and so they gave the sound a name, BW-43, and launched another expedition. We wanted to find the source of BW-43 sound. We wanted to find parent's beaked whale. Last month, aboard a Sea Shepherd research vessel, NOAA scientist Jay Barlow set sail and soon had the most remarkable encounter of his long career. They surfaced very close to the boat and then they came to us two, three times. They came back to the boat. With their pointed beak-like features, they were clearly beaked whales. But what kind? It became clear we didn't see parents beaked whale. We saw something new something that doesn't match, either visually or acoustically, anything that's known to exist. That they eluded detection could be because beaked whales, of which there are 20 species, are elusive and can stay underwater for as long as four hours. One of the species, the, the deepest dive, has been recorded down to about 3,000 meters. That's three kilometers deep. Exactly what they discovered is still a mystery, for now. If our wishes come true, and if this truly is a new species of beaked whale, it will inspire future generations of scientists. It's, it's like searching for the last mastodon and then finding a unicorn instead. This is, this is fantastic. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Wow. Pretty cool. I'd like to be off the coast of Mexico right Wouldn't now. Wouldn't it be too. nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Although yeah. there was a little bit of sunshine in certain places today. Let's check in with Christy and a look at the forecast now. Christy? That's right. Today, compared to what we could get this time of year, we couldn't complain. Here's a quick look at a beautiful uh, video shot from the West Vancouver area from Peter Prevost. Yes, finally some sunshine today. Some cloud cover, certainly, but uh, that was a whole lot easier to handle compared to yesterday, where, by the way, unofficial reports reported 100 millimeters of rain. Kelvin Helmholtz waves reported again today. This is looking towards the Sunshine Coast. Michael Hack sending us that one. Thank you so much. Those are what the actual waves. Can you see in the in the cloud cover there? 
it's very odd that we see those or it's not very often that we do and the sunset tonight was stunning the slice of sunshine really uh, created a beautiful fire-like sunset in the Chilliwack region all right so the chance of rain is going to stay low for the next 24 hours but tomorrow evening it ramps up once again and it is going to stay at about a 60 percent chance throughout our day on Friday and the freezing level is going to drop if you're planning on traveling Friday which you should only be doing if necessary uh, expect snow on the mountain passes certainly on Friday in the meantime this is your tomorrow everyone really just coastal regions will get a taste of that moisture this front is weakening and is not able to move on shore it's trying and we'll certainly see some cloud cover tomorrow but we are expecting to be dry and it's not until Friday or Thursday night and then into Friday that we'll start to see that moisture push in. So there's your Thursday, everyone. Again, temperatures are dropping. Freezing levels are dropping. So when that moisture pushes in on Friday, we are expecting snow on the mountain passes. But tomorrow will be a little cooler, but we are going to see mainly dry conditions. So you shouldn't need your rain jacket tomorrow, that's for sure. Not a lot of sunshine tomorrow, mainly cloudy. Friday showers. Saturday, we could see a bit of sunshine until late in the day when we start to see increasing cloud. And the next system rolls in Saturday night. And I'll leave you with your central windows weather window. Another stunning shot. This is today in Squamish. Thank you so much, Ingrid, for sharing that. I'll have to ask my mom about it. I <laughs> bet she was loving it. Okay, thanks, Christy. Early success and last-second failure for SpaceX today. The rocket company run by Elon Musk was testing its prototype Starship designed to take a crew to Mars, and it all started so well. Well, the launch went fine, testing out the rocket and controls designed to take humans and 90 tons of cargo to the moon and eventually onto Mars. But then... Three, two, one, zero. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Pretend I didn't say all that. It's a good thing we're not running the <laughs> SpaceX space yeah, no program. Kidding. Clearly, this is the launch, and what I just showed you was the landing, which they didn't stick or they stuck in not a very good way. The rocket exploded as it touched down at a higher speed than expected. Elon seemed unfazed, tweeting they got all the data they needed. Steady on to the moon and then Mars for that program. Amazing. But it is always something when you see a rocket explode, <laughs> isn't it? All right, uh, here's Squire now with the uh, sad poinsettia. Oh, it's just out of camera view. That's good. Always zooming out. Feel like it looks like it needs some water. Like, you know, your poinsettias, or poinsettias, is however you want to say them, look very alive. Well, maybe you need to take better care of your poinsettia. Well, it's not mine, actually, but you know what it needs? It needs you have to take it out for a walk every day. And, and play music it to and it and yeah. talk to it nicely. Exactly. And maybe put Linus's blanket around it. Isn't that how he saved Charlie Brown's Christmas tree? Uh, next year, the uh, Vancouver Canadians will be a high A-level team rather than a short-season rookie team. Every one of these kids can play. Every one of these kids has a serious chance to play at the big league level. You could say they're moving up in class, and they're also going to stay as an affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, a lot of fans will be happy to hear that. Also, monoliths pop up in Vancouver. Who's behind at least one of them later? want to do we've What's watered that? the poinsettia so we feel it's going to bounce back here's squire now with <laughs> i don't I, just because i sit there occasionally i don't take responsibility no. for that. and you shouldn't I, you can't expect oh, me to take care of them. plants <laughs> the only thing alive in my house is me and whatever's in that jar of mayonnaise i haven't thrown. Oh. <laughs> uh minor league baseball finally found out who stays and who goes where for 2021 as there will be less minor league teams than before, each major league club will only have four minor league teams. Triple A, double A, high A, and I guess low A. Uh, the Vancouver Canadians will now be a high A league team. That means a longer season than they had when they were in the Northwest League. But that is the only change. What isn't changing is their affiliation with the Toronto Blue Jays. Despite it looking a few months ago like they might be with the Oakland A's or San Francisco Giants, they are staying with the Jays. 
We've got a decade-long history with Toronto, and it's had great success both on and off the field with championships in the Northwest League, and we've helped develop talent that's been on the field in Toronto currently. Um, we're excited. I mean, it's, it's a, been a great partnership. It's been a very special partnership, and to receive the invitation today from those guys to remain part of the organization is really important to us. The ink has yet to dry the Vancouver Canadians' new affiliation with the Toronto Blue Jays, but when it does, Nat Bailey Stadium could see as many as 132 high-level single-A baseball games, a longer season, and a longer polished look at the Jays' brightest prospects. It's really a different game at the high level. It's a cleaner game. It's a more polished game. And I think the fans will know. I think that'll be the first thing that they notice when they come out in the future is every one of these kids can play. Every one of these kids has a serious chance to play at the big league level. And you're just two steps away. So what we've done is basically leapfrog two levels in the J system. And you're going to see all the kids, all the prospects are going to come through Vancouver. Keeping professional baseball alive and well at the net was truly a team effort. One that included BC's Premier John Horgan stepping up to the plate to lobby the Blue Jays on continuing its affiliation with the West Coast and the city of Vancouver. We are familiar with that conversation and uh, we certainly want to thank the Premier for all his support. But we have, we've received so much support from a ton of people. We've had a number of people throughout baseball, through the political offices, have helped weigh in just to let everybody know how important this relationship is between Rogers, the Blue Jays, and the Canadians, and British Columbia and Vancouver, that we certainly appreciate everybody who got involved with this because this is a big deal locally to us. Look who's back. He's healthy. His ankle feels better. And he's playing today for Bayern Munich, Alfonso Davies against Locomotive. Everyone's doing a brand new dance now. Come on, baby, do the Locomotive. Um, Nicholas Sule with a header there to give Bayern Munich a one nothing lead. And then Eric Maxim, Shupo Moting. And the finish just bludgeoned. 2 nothing. the final for Bayern Munich over Locomotive. The uh, Seattle Seahawks, two main players, Russell Wilson on offense, Bobby Wagner on defense. Neither, neither was a high draft pick. Wilson was taken in the third round and Bobby Wagner in the second round. Wilson seemed to take being a later pick in stride, but Wagner was never happy about it. Technically the 47th player taken that year. He uh, didn't seek out motivational speakers to help him overcome that snub, basically being passed over by every team except Seattle, and they didn't take him in the first round either, has been the driving force in his career, a career that could land him in the Football Hall of Fame one day. It definitely was a chip on my shoulder because I didn't think that there was, you know, 46 guys better than me. So, um, you know, something that you uh, use as a chip on your shoulder and, you know, constantly prove those guys wrong, prove... Um, you know, who is still standing at the end of their career or still in the league. So that's kind of how I get back at those guys. It's, you know, as you get to like year 10, you know, most of those guys not even in the league anymore, so it don't matter. I'm still, you know, kicking it. He's still kicking it. Uh, the U.S. Women's Open Golf Tournament starts tomorrow, the uh, last big event of the year. Brooke Henderson will be out there. She's one of the main contenders. She has finished in the top ten in her last four tournaments coming into this event. She's never won the U.S. Open, but she did win the uh, Women's PGA Championship four years ago. She is listed 16-1 to to win the U.S. Open, which is fourth favorite. If she can do this well, she has a good chance. Right now, she is 74th this season in putts per round average and you can't be 74th best and expect to win a major. She is second at hitting greens in regulation this year, so she can get there better than most. It's all about the putting. Like it is at any golf tournament, it's and true. like it is in any golf game. Putt for dough. All You're, right, thanks very much, Square. The poinsettia is coming along slowly. Is it already better? Slowly. Wow. Getting there. Magic water. All right, water. let's check in with Jade Rant for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Thank you, Sophie. We'll have much more on the province's COVID-19 vaccine uh, rollout plans, including reaction from doctors of BC, plus a behind-the-scenes look at the race to get the Peony Winter Lights drive through set up in time for Saturday's opening. As one of the only holiday events allowed during COVID, tickets are already sold out. And the animal, uh, animal rescue story behind this amazing photo from Otter Lake, southwest of Armstrong, BC. Well, have those stories tonight on Global News at 11. Sounds good. Thanks, Jay. All right, when we come back, what is the deal with all those monoliths popping up around Metro Vancouver? We'll try to find out next.
Well, following similar sightings as far apart as Utah and California, at least three more mysterious monoliths have now appeared around Vancouver. The structures resemble that alien artifact from the sci-fi classic 2001, and their arrival in the city has many people wondering who made them and why. John Hua reports. It's the growing mystery that's raised intrigue around the world. Now the monoliths have made their way to Vancouver. They're all like really mysterious. It's really strange, a little bit creepy at times. The massive metal objects seemingly erected overnight. Whoa! One in East Vancouver. Some people are playing music. A second at Dude Chilling Park and another stuck in the sand of Kitsilano Beach. I wasn't expecting to see this on my morning walk. Is it a tribute to the monoliths made famous in Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey? So is it solid? Not solid. If so, how did one appear in a Utah desert, only to disappear less than 10 days later? Since then, Romania, England, the United States, monoliths are now appearing across the globe. It plays into the unknown of how it got there, how it was built. This newest arrival, a multimedia monolith, emitting sounds and music. Despite its location next to Hackspace Vancouver, a nonprofit community workshop, no one here is claiming responsibility. I mean, I think everyone likes to have some sort of a story. I mean, having you know an alien tie in. So who created it? How was it made? And what secrets does the monolith hold? Two things this welder knows, it wasn't her. But whoever or whatever it was, did it right. It looks like there's a frame on the inside, uh, so it's, it's put together strong. During a pandemic when people have so little to hold on to, it's easy to see why a mystery that's gripping our imagination is taking off around the world. John Hua, Global News. Wow. Some real creepy <laughs> audio in that package. It works, though. Did you <laughs> see what Chris did to my poinsettia? He gave it water, and look at it now. It lives. <laughs> you have a green thumb, my friend. Well, that happened fast. Wow, it even got a golden wrapping well, I think on the a gold, larger yep. plant yes. pot. Very impressive. Well, you, Jane's going to get you to take over all the gardening now. I Lucky. am going to take this poor, sad little plant he he couldn't under just my go. wing and fix it. He couldn't just continue the joke. No, I cannot lie. That's why he's <laughs> in news and not comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for watching, everybody. Hopefully this looks much better on the morning news tomorrow morning. Have a good night, all. Have a good night. <laughs>